On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk with Beatrice Yanez, a professional working with the houseless community, about struggling with your own mental health while working in the field. We also discuss barriers to becoming housed and how mental illness can play a factor. Episodes drop on Spotify on Monday and YouTube on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And we are live with The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with... Zoe Schwartz. Hi. And Beatrice Yanez. Hi. <laughs> Still getting used to the new hosts. We're figuring it out. But uh, we have our guest host this week, Beatrice Yanez. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I am a... <laughs> Beatrice Yanez, and I go by she, they pronouns. I've been working within the houseless system within Portland since I moved here in social services since like 15, 16 years. Wow. And I'm here to entertain you <laughs> yeah hey i appreciate it and i appreciate it yeah yeah so you've been working uh in the the mental health field for a little bit the social service field mm. um what is that like kind of navigating other people's mental illness as well as maybe your own in some cases yeah i mean i started so young definitely with a lot of cultural aspects too i like was like no nah, i'm cool i'm just here helping people right. you know and then you're like evolving and you're like dang I'm a little messed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Amen. <laughs> um, and it just comes up a lot, right? Like when you're like talking to people, you're like, yeah. And then you have to like def- decide when you are going to be self-disclosing. Yeah. Because if you tell one person, you're telling everybody. You're yeah. Like, <laughs> Something that I was told very early on by my boss is you can't unshare. And um, very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard. Um, and then... You know, you just had a whole cycle of grief and acceptance of like my own things and that I was yeah. out here just like I call it raw dog in life. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, that is that is very much what it is. No meds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's easier like yeah, I started getting into some really like culturally specific readings on like mental health and holistic care yeah. and well you say like culturally specific i f- i feel like that that kind of is important to bring up just because it's like mental illness affects everybody mm-hmm. but yeah. i think that you know in in certain situations you know maybe like african americans feel more of that paranoia of like everyone's looking at me because oftentimes they are yeah yeah and also it becomes a barrier right like if you're diagnosed with something you're probably hot highly more likely to lose custody like Mm, navigate systems um but yeah i think that i found it to be easier when i like accepted that i needed to be getting support yeah um i genuinely believe people in the social services should be getting support while navigating and it's become a lot easier supporting people through it with being able to like self-disclose yeah it's kind of just like walking a lane that you've already walked right yeah that's perfect that's perfect Zoe, what about like uh, for you? Have you uh, had some like interesting, I guess, uh, happenings with trying to figure out like, okay, I'm having a bad day. This person's also having a bad day. How do we have a okay day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really challenging because everybody struggles with mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether we are diagnosed with a mental illness or whether we're just a human who yeah. has anxiety and depression and all those normal things that people go through and depending on what you're going through in your life as well. So yeah, I think it's really challenging at first when you first, yeah, because I think Beatrice, what, what you said rings true for me as well. Like you feel like, oh, like I'm here to help. And then you realize like, oh, we're all just humans. And like, we're really, and that's the biggest, most important thing is there's really not that much different between all of us, but you don't get mm-hmm. the opportunity to learn that until you really work with communities that are 
for whatever our our culture separates us from them, right? So I think, mm-hmm. but I had the same experience. Like eventually, once I realized it was good for me to embrace it, and that yeah. it was part of being authentic and doing a good job. Yeah. I felt the same way as you. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I like what you said about self-disclosing because um, where I'm currently working at, I'm in like a peer position. So it's like self-disclosure is is an important part of connecting and being yeah. like, hey, like if you come to me and you're like, hey, I'm st- struggling with, you know, thoughts of taking my life. Like I can be like, hey, I've recently struggled with that. And like, I get it. So yeah. like, don't don't feel bad. But it's 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 also like, yes, I have that relatability. But like, I also struggle with sometimes still dealing with that. So it is hard to be able to say like, yeah, you got to cheer up. I mean, I'm not, but I think you should. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I feel like that ties into what we talked about last week about imposter syndrome. too. Mm. Like when you're in the mental health field, or when you're in a helping field, I think it can be even more yeah. specifically when you're like, I, I should, should be fixed, right? Exactly. I should be I should be able to do all the things I'm teaching perfectly. And it's like, yeah. that's not really how life works, yeah. right? Yeah. And I feel like it's a little belittling, right? Like in like doing this so long, it's just like, oh, just you'll be okay. It's like, no, I won't, Karen. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's like so much more uplifting when you like, especially if they like look up to you, if you're like somebody that they like respect, it's like, I struggle with this too. And they're kind of mm-hmm. like, Wow. Like, what? Like, what do you mean? You, your life looks so great, you know? And it's like, yeah. it's a lie. Yeah. Adulthood yeah. is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea that, yeah, only certain people struggle is a lie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as like self-disclosure, it sounds like that's kind of like a, a newer thing that we're, we're kind of doing before. It was kind of like, I'm perfect. You're not. And I'm fixing you. So yeah, no, uh, self-disclosure, no. that's something that they're, they're kind of trying to introduce. How's that work? Yeah. I mean... You can pick and choose, right? Like, depending on your rapport with people, like, what they're navigating would depend on what I share, right? Yeah. Like, if I... You, and the, usually like my two specialties when I was like doing direct service was like navigating like I could pretty much I can get a lot of people housed that believe that they cannot get housed Excellent. and um, navigating the immigration system. Mm, so usually yeah. like when I'm speaking with the BIPOC individuals that are here with and they're all legal. And I want to like make sure that people understand like legal right. is like so like such a spectrum. There's like so yeah. many documents that you can have to be here legal and not have citizenship, but still Ooh. be here yeah. legal. Okay. Yeah, that's a good distinction to make. So um and so usually I'm doing a lot of sub- disclosure with that. Like I my family comes from Mexico. Yeah. Like is even like thinking about like when Trump was being becoming president like my grandma my grandparents who have been here for like 30 40 years were like yeah it's time to get our citizenship because they had green cards and they were residents but they're like "Mm, i don't trust i don't trust this right now like we need to get our like citizenship yeah yeah so you come with that that i'm sure that's huge for people when you come with that lived experience for them yeah yeah yeah, see the difference probably when yeah And in California, it's just not a safe place for people who like cross borders and like don't have full citizenship because everywhere I looked like immigration would just pop up and take you. And like uh, it was. Yeah, this Oregon feels a lot safer to navigate when you don't have um quote unquote legal paperwork. Yeah, you know? yeah. Interesting. And just out of curiosity, since since we have you here and I am just genuinely curious, <laughs> like what's uh what is the the effect of of, you know, I guess what you were saying with like the the papers and all of that stuff. Like what is that what is a common effect that you see on people who are are dealing with that? Like Yeah, you know, it's really hard. Like even for me, like as a person who's like exceptionally well at navigating systems, that one's 
like so difficult like most of the time i'm consulting with the lawyer all the time and if like you have anything if you have adhd if you have anxiety if you are scared of systems like the police (laughs) um it's really hard to like walk in and go into these offices and keep up with the appointments and like come up with thousands and thousands of dollars for this stuff and I mean, it's hard. Like most of the people, especially during the pandemic, lost or like expired a bunch of stuff because offices were closed, didn't have access to anything like phone snap. Yes. And so yeah. it's yeah. And then the anxiety around that, they're like, I don't want to go back. What if they deport me? Yeah. And so Yeah, I could see the anxiety <laughs> aspect just definitely being like a, a big part of that. Huge. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I, I definitely think that uh, being able to understand where a lot of these people are coming from, being able to relate with them on their level. And, you know, I think the importance of self-disclosure is uh, is something that, that it, it allows us to to meet somebody, you know, where we can say, yes, I've been there. You know, like I'm not the exact same situation, but like I understand I have more empathy yeah. than you might imagine. So, yeah, yeah. I- Oh, please, please. I was just going to say, like, I feel like I've had moments like not necessarily about mental health, but anything really like when you self-disclose, but but mental health, definitely where you like see the look on. And I don't know if you've had this experience, yeah. too. I'm sure you have where you see the look on someone's face when they relax and they realize like, OK, this mm-hmm. person is going to see me for who I am or like mm-hmm. isn't going to judge me because they've been through something as well or whatever. And I just mm-hmm. really love that moment when you're like oh, I broke down a barrier by sharing that. And that's yeah. what I was hoping for it to do, you know, and like you're, yeah. that's the thing you want it to do. Yeah, they like kind of look at me and they're like, when I'm like validating that I understand the system and I understand that it's set up for them to fail, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, okay, cool, let's talk. For real, They're for like, real. okay, I got this, this, and this. And I was like, this makes sense. Like well, we're, we're missing this or that, you know? Like I feel like a lot of times, like the 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 reason why validation is so important is because like, if you're not validated, you not only have the problem, but now you have a belief that it's not a problem. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. And so. Or that you're the only one struggling with it and no one's going to know how to help you navigate it or yes. they're not going to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? definitely. Like, yeah, definitely. Think, yeah, it's true. And you lowered their anxiety too. Like the way you just, and the, I, I'm realizing what I said and the way you were talking about it too. It's like in that moment, you're helping them with the way that their mental health is a barrier in that moment because the, the system they're dealing with evokes so much anxiety yeah yeah well and i think it's even showing that like somebody who struggles with that bear like who also is struggling with that barrier has been able to you know get past it yeah Mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're like i'm depressed and then somebody says i'm also depressed but i was able to make it you know Mm -hmm. like it can be encouraging it can be discouraging but i think a lot of times just being able to see somebody in the place that we want to be struggling in the ways that we've struggled similarly is can be really encouraging yeah and the spectrum to that like that's in, a, in an unfortunate world that's best case scenario yeah. like yeah. most of the people that we work with are more like not reality based unable to like track time mm-hmm. potentially not even able to speak English like, sure, sure. and so it's like how are you navigating something when I give you a paper in English an application mm. in English and you're yeah. like I can't even read like yeah well even admitting that would be scary and yeah. anxiety provoking right like this is so rich with like how many barriers exist yeah that people probably don't even think about yeah it's like think about the times that you've heard a word didn't know what it was and you were embarrassed to ask now imagine that's a whole language yeah or <laughs> even you figure out one word in one system but it means a completely different mm, thing in another right point. so that's dmv a really good point. In, like is one one word will mean one thing and then it means a completely different like intake means one thing application yeah. means yeah. one thing and it just shifts yeah so wow. like, even understanding like what does the intake process look like for your yeah yeah Yeah, that's so important to think about definitely definitely yeah so um 
on the days that like you're really struggling and you're like, I am having a difficult time helping myself, but I still need to help other people. What's the thing that helps you um, reconnect with maybe their situation a little bit more? Yeah, I am lucky to just be passionate about people and be able, and it's unfortunate, right? It's like double ended where I'm right. like, I'm going to put the person in front of me first, like put me on the back burner. Sure, sure. Um, but it's just heavy. It's heavy, especially like if I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could think of an example yeah. sure. of like I had just I was like going through like eight months of like losing somebody because of mm. whatever reason. And right. I remember how to like respond to somebody um, because we had a lot of shootings at one of our programs. And I just like was just having flashbacks and imagining uh, like one of my friends was murdered. And I was like, gosh, this right. is so hard. And I was like debriefing with them. And I was just like. Okay, I'm going to be here for you. But when I walked away, I was like, I like broke down. I was yeah. like, this is rough. Like yeah. it's bringing up my stuff and it's hard to be there for you. And I was just like, do you want to, do you want to smoke? Yeah. And inside I was like, cause I want one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that probably helped both of you in that moment, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. By being like, I'm a little anxious right now too. Yeah. Kind of even the playing field between yeah, the two yeah, of you yeah. without even having to say why. Like, yeah. Well, even just like recognizing just like, this is stressful and I could use a cigarette. Imagine you might be able to too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think it definitely creates like a lot of compassion because I, I would say like in my situation, like the times that I'm trying to cheer somebody up is, is coming from a place of like knowing not knowing what I need, but like maybe hoping that somebody might do something similarly and trying to do that for other people. Yeah. So I think that's that. Yeah, yeah. Being able to like have that compassion for like, you know, you feel anxious. I felt anxious. This, this helps me feel better. Um, what do you think is the disconnect between things that help you feel better and things that might make other people feel better? Zoe. Um, well, I think that the thing that makes that made me think of when you said that was how a lot of times in social work, they tell you to like, they talk about self care or any sort Mm -hmm. of like helping field, you have to take care of yourself, you have to do self care, but they often like don't provide you the time and the space to do that. Mm -hmm. So the self care ends up being like another thing that you have to do on top of your job. And that's a conversation conversation we have in like social work spaces a lot, I think Mm -hmm. where people are like, yeah, I do need self care, but I also need the job to give me the space to do that self care. And some places Mm do. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It depends on the place you work and but yeah, so yeah, I just yeah, I just have a different view of self-care. Self-care isn't my responsibility. It's the people around me to create the space for me. Mm. Right. Like that's why you're supposed to debrief after situations like that, you know? Yeah. Like, if I first of all, we're all smart enough to know that like we need to take care of ourselves and like ground ourselves. Yeah. And if we're not doing it, like you should be like, Hey, I need come on, go let's go for a walk. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I can tell you need a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really yeah, like I that. Like the way you worded that, yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right, cool. So we're gonna take a real quick commercial break. We'll be right back with a smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Come explore the spaces between friends. DJ 1017 takes you into a universe unlike any other. From Pink Floyd to the Flaming Lips and anything else interstellar. The spaces between friends with DJ 1017. Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Come explore with us here on Shady Pines Radio. 
And we are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Beatrice Yanez <laughs> and Hello. Zoe Schwartz. Hi. Oh, my goodness. It's going so well. We're like basically the same person. They switched, they switched seats uh, during the break. <laughs> they used to mix us up all the Even time. Even though it looks the <laughs> All right, Zoe, go ahead and uh, introduce our next topic. Okay. So, I will, first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like how me and Beatrice met each other. We met each other working in the like in a drop-in shelter space for houseless youth mm-hmm. in downtown Portland. And so that's just kind of cool thing that ties all of us together now because uh now Beatrice still works within the, that community, but with more like adults right now. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Zane working anyway, now I'm doing so anyway, that's something that ties us all together. And I think that's just relevant to bring up. Yeah. And uh yeah, and I think uh me and Beatrice like got to know each other. We, oh, we went to grad school together yeah. too. So we applied what? for grad school together while we were working together. Y'all are homies. Yeah. So and we but we were definitely brought together by our passion for working with people in general. So yeah, and I think I think I just wanted to talk more about how we discussed that like then we were started talking a little bit about like the barriers that people face that that are in the houseless community while trying to navigate the systems that we work within and then how them often struggling with their own mental illness, which is part of the system or part of the process or part of the one of the things that contributes to homeless houselessness is people not getting the proper care they need in mental illness and stuff. So how like sort of just talking more about what that looks like when you're working with people and how you see mental illness make those barriers more challenging for people. Yeah, definitely. Like what? Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts? I really like the way you talked about like um, because I didn't even think about like how anxiety comes up in a moment like that, like mm. and specifically with that person's specific situation and the specific place that you mm. are and the specific thing that you're doing and how <clears throat> you can acknowledge. Yeah. So just thinking about how like, oh, also how the system can cause anxiety, like create oh, you know, absolutely. more mental struggle, you know? Mm. So I just think about that too. Sorry, yeah. I said a lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're all good. You're all good. You're all good. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So your question is. The, well, the question is, yeah. Like how else do you see it showing up in your work? Like how else do you see the combination of barriers and people's mental health? Yeah, things more challenging for them. <laughs> well, in if, every way, basically. Navigating systems, if you don't ha- like struggle with uh, mental health, you will. Um, I mean, even simple things, right? Like trying to get an ID, like, okay, cool. Like, do you have your birth certificate? Do you have an address? Like, that's like. I these- immediately got anxious when you asked. I'm like, where's my birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. um, and most folks are like, navigating surviving the night like not getting raped not getting attacked mm-hmm. like trying to have like the things that they do care on them yeah. and so like most of the people i'm working with like have no sleep are like tired on edge and in like really survival mode and the things that are important to them is surviving while like the things that are important to us is keeping our birth certificate and mm-hmm. social and it's safe making right? sure my credit yeah. score says these numbers because it allows me to live um yeah. yeah definitely well i like that that you brought up just kind of like the 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 fear of like sleeping um i'll I'll self-disclose a little bit so last night i went into a little bit of a psychosis and uh i decided to separate uh from my friends um and it was because i kind of like made a a uh distinction in my mind where i was just like all right do i want to feel unsafe and cold or unsafe and i was like i'll feel unsafe and cold and uh, there was a lot of things that like I kind of like realized because it's it's like raining and I'm like, first off, I'm like, OK, how do I get out of the rain? I'm like, you know, standing outside. And I'm like, OK, I found a place where I can where I can hang out. And I'm like, I'm literally just sitting there and I started to get tired. 
And uh, I was like leaned up against the building and I like started kind of falling asleep. And then I realized that my longboard next to me was just th- out there for anybody. Oh, yeah. And like I started to really like understand that like, yes, I need sleep, but also I don't feel safe. And like mm. sleep is a hard thing to get when you don't feel safe. Yeah. yeah. Or like even thinking about like a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about people who are on the streets and like mm. have pets. And it's like oh, that yeah. pet helps this person survive think about that and like lot. alarm yeah. like them when somebody's nearby. Yeah, that's good. I and, didn't even think of an alarm, but yeah. And like if you're trying to go into a shelter, most shelters don't allow you to bring in your pet. Yes. Or yes. like if you are partnered up and like mm. you are using each other as like you got my back, I got your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. You, most shelters don't let you couple up and yeah. so yeah. like accessing shelter is really difficult when they're not thinking about these people have literally been on the streets trying to like navigate their mental health and have survived all of the things that they're doing has helped them survive and mm-hmm. then like these agencies and these resources are like yeah you can't come in here because you're blank you can't come in here because yes. you have a pet and it's like I I really like that you brought that up because yeah. I think it brings up the three points uh, where like we may find support, but like may get rejected in places that are supposed to be supporting us. And that's like support animals, yeah. people and f- drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah. the things. Well, and they're things that people use to manage their life. They're, they're things that people to manage their mental illness or to manage whatever, like mm-hmm. and, and like having a dog. Yeah, like to keep you safe on the streets or using drugs because that's how you're coping right now. Or like, staying away. Yeah, like, staying. Oh, yeah, that's a huge one. And, and and the thing about not sleeping, Zane, and thanks for disclosing that and yeah. sharing that, because I think, yeah, we don't even like I was just thinking about like even sleeping in a shelter. Like I'm a really light sleeper. Like mm-hmm. I would have a really hard time sleeping in a space with a bunch of other people. So mm-hmm. if, even if you could get in there, can you sleep? Exactly. Like can you chill out and sleep? Like yeah. not yeah. getting enough sleep is ma- like so important for our mental health. So that's like yes. Yeah. And I think people have these Huge. assumptions that just because you're inside makes you more safe. Like people get sexually assaulted mm-hmm. in shelters yeah. all the time. Yeah. I would not say being inside is the safe thing. It's just not cold. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are outside because that is the safest place for exactly. them. Exactly. Feels safe. Feel safe. Yeah. And if you think about what a shelter is like, sometimes you could see why mm-hmm. that might yeah. feel safer. You know, it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, it just, it's so complex that you're humble. I'm humbled at least yes, every definitely. single day. Absolutely. And being in it every single day, whenever like somebody's storytelling and like open and vulnerable and sharing things with me. And I'm like, it's always like one thing that's like, we're almost completely similar in all aspects, but it was just like this one privilege that I had that like, I could, I always had a safety net of a sibling or my mom or blank, you know? And for them, it was like, no, I'm cut off because I'm queer. Like I Mm -hmm. can't like, or like, no, I'm cut off. Like, because I don't remember anything or yeah well and I I like that you bring that up because that was something that like I I try to make a point of is just like the only difference between me and a lot of these youth is that somebody answered my GoFundMe yes that's it that's it that's a huge point there's a lot of little things that have made the difference between us being like that us or them yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like crazy right like the government's been telling us for how long that like they don't have money to give they don't have money to give but as soon as it affected like middle class like they're like here's some covid money and they have money to like fund wars in other countries and stuff too i see that going down that's yeah yeah and even those funds going to folks that are living on the street was exceptionally difficult like navigating the irs was like crazy yeah well and i think that that's you know i'm glad that you brought that up because it kind of takes me back to like i remember when there was the covid checks that like were going out Mm -hmm. um and actually they had it was no that wasn't that was the unemployment uh they're like yeah everyone can get unemployment and i like tried filling out the paperwork 
messed it up one time. I was like, fuck it. I'll go back to work because it's like, literally it feels like that sometimes where it's like, they put so much paperwork in between you and the assistants that like, sometimes it's easier to just not get the assistance. Right. And most people are like one bad moment away from being houseless. Mm -hmm. Like I owe my medical bills thousands of dollars. And if the medical system were to come for me, that's Mm -hmm. it. I'm like, can I have a bed please? They're waiting outside actually. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That system being separate from like other like debt systems is the only reason half most people probably aren't. We saved your life. You owe us. Literally, it's so fucking Yeah. Up. And like a lot of, yeah, it's, I know somebody who like was in the beauty industry and was forced like not to work, even though she had a license and mm-hmm. most licensed professionals were like able to continue working. Right. And her landlord was like, yeah, I got to move back into this house because it's fully paired for and we have no income. And so then she was like misplaced so that they could then go back into their home. And then she was like, Okay, well, like, where am I supposed to live? What am I supposed to yeah. do? Like, That's a great example of how easily things like that can. Yeah. Well, you know. something that like my mom had always said that like really just gave me a lot of perspective is just like all it would take if you were given the same situation, you could be in the same same place. Yep. And that oh, yeah. gave me just so much context because it's like really thinking that like the the othering, the like I could never be there and like da 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 and at least I have, but it's like it really just a matter of days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like that misunderstanding is created on purpose too, kind of like do you feel like that? What like, do you mean? Well like the misunderstanding between the general public and like like people like us who've worked with community like I think yeah. there's such a gap of, of yeah like, understanding information. It feels intentional. I mean I yeah. kind of know it is, but like Yeah, what do you think like an example of that would look like? Uh, I don't I just like just like just like the way that people are like that general thought of like, oh, houseless people live outside because they don't want to work or yes. something. Like I've had Uber yes. drivers say that to me like yes. on the way to work. And I'm just like, really? Like how does that make- Do you want to work, you yeah, fucking yeah, like, psycho? First of all, yeah, exactly. First of all, who does want to work? And yeah. second of all, that's not the reason why people are yeah. houseless. Nobody yeah. wants to fucking work. No. That's a human condition. Yeah. Right? yeah. Not like a job that makes us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, no. most of the people that I work with that are houseless have jobs. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. And yeah. yeah, that's not like, even hey, the thing. Like, hey, surprise, too. they're the ones like- serving you they're the yeah, ones like a, yeah, doing the art they're your baristas like yep. don't think that they look like what like what the media makes it put out to be because like mm-hmm. the media is like a driving force of the narrative yeah. and like it's just ridiculous because i i know that i'll be like walking by and i'll be like oh i can't go this way like somebody i know is right there and then they're mm-hmm. like what and i remember i was like come on let's go and it's just yeah, like people I mean, really have no idea how to even identify yeah. like they look like this yeah, yeah. you're clear yeah they have makeup they have yeah. hair yeah. <laughs> no for sure and i think that that's a really good point to to bring up because i started doing uh outreach and stuff like that mm-hmm. so that was something that like i recently got trained on and i was just like hey we just walked past some people uh you know in the park like should we you know reach out and be like hey and uh the person i was with was just like you don't know what houselessness looks like you know <laughs> and i was like you're right. I don't. I really don't yeah. like to assume that this person isn't and this person is because of, you know, this person's carrying a shopping bag or whatever. Like yeah. that's it's not really fair to make those assumptions. But I do I do very much agree with what you said about the media and just yeah. kind of like that, you know, hey, can I have a dollar? It's like, well, I saw it on a movie. So I assume that's what everybody who, you know, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think that that's. uh <sighs> Yeah, and to be like most of the time they have like great gear because great like great companies are like mm-hmm. donating Columbia and Nike and Adidas, exactly. and it might be like for whatever reason, but like yeah, when you're on the street, like they're usually rocking like some really great name grant name brands because 
uh, like most people aren't donating their hand me downs. Point. Yeah, yeah. I've been, right? Yeah. Like, I thought about so that. When, when yeah. you're like walking down the street and you're like, oh, that's a nice jacket, that doesn't mean that they're not houseless. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's good, yeah, that's a, that's even, yeah, no, that's definitely, yeah, there's so many different versions of how people end up without a safe place to be at night, you know, or mm-hmm. after, yeah, like, yeah. And I think I'll bring it up just a bit, but like my biggest thing is like, oh, the crisis of homelessness was so big in our, po- in our like, politics and stuff and mm-hmm. um a discussion we were having is like it's so interesting that they're like victim blaming like people who are experiencing houselessness mm-hmm. instead of being like the housing crisis affordability things yes. are so expensive yeah. right now and you would never hear somebody be like oh yeah the domestic violence crisis it's like yeah. yeah yeah no it's well it's very much like without addressing what the problem is you can't create a solution like without saying that the problem is how much the houses are not how much people are willing to pay for those houses like yeah yeah it's a framing of the problem or that's what we were me and Beatrice were talking about earlier like often with social services I feel like the needs are framed by people or are decided Mm -hmm. by people who are not in those communities and then people get blamed for not accessing the services Mm -hmm. but the there's barriers for them to access the services because the people who decided what they needed mm-hmm. didn't know what their experience was. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah, Definitely. I even think about like people who are on disability, like those are like honestly some of the hardest ones to navigate because they have a fixed income. If they make more money, then they lose mm-hmm. their money from their disability so check. And like these are supposed to be like for people who have disability. These are supposed to be for the elderly. And when we're like, okay, like this person qualifies, like how much is their rent going to be? And they're like $800. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the disability check like what are they supposed to eat mm-hmm. like how are they supposed to get a bed to put in this unit like, yeah if they were to make more money to live there then they would lose the money that they have which means they'd have to make even more it's a trap yeah it's literally a trap but it's like how much money is an apartment in portland way too much too much it's like how, how much money do you want people to make you know like yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. no I, I i think that uh it is a very complex problem but i am appreciative for yeah. both of you doing what you can to to help in the ways that you have and continuing to help in the ways that you are so thank you so much for that you yeah. too zane you're doing hey, hey i'm still kind of crazy hey. pew pew all right we're gonna take <laughs> a real right. quick commercial break we'll be right back with the smoke <laughs> break we're here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio as well as pretty dope experience radio Patches, come here, boy. I love Patches, and that's why I love Patch Dog. Hey, Dad, were you calling me? No, I was calling the dog Patches. Yes, Father? Oh, not you, honey. Patch Dog makes custom iron-on embroidery patches. I can give them my design, and in a couple weeks, I've got custom patches. They can be of my daughter Patches, my son Patches Jr., or even my dog Patches. Yes, dear? Uh, No, no, that's Patches, my wife. I'm just making a commercial. And because Patch Dog loves you so much, use the code SPR10 for a 10% discount. And you know they've got that free domestic shipping. For more information, check out patch.dog and fall in love with patches like me. Did you yes, hear me? Dear. No, I'm making a commercial for Patch Dog. And we are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hi, I'm here. And Beatrice Yan, yes. Hello. Hello. All right, cool. Zoe, hit us. All right. You guys ready for the joke break? Yes. It might, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. Just like comedy. Just like comedy. Just like yeah. comedy. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So we're going to ask a question, and then everybody, we're just going to just be honest. We're just going to let it flow. Who's, you guys ready? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Go. Okay. okay. 
What did you not get from your dad that you, <laughs> this is already deep. Okay. What did you not get from your dad that you'd want to give your kid? Ooh, that's deep. A hundred dollars. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> you want to go first, Beatrice? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Um, my dad was perfect and amazing Aww. and wonderful. I was blessed with a good daddy. Yeah. I, I don't have daddy issues for sure. <laughs> um, Lucky. but my dad was like quadriplegic and mm. lived on life support and, wow. um, he had an accident when I was like two years old. So growing up, he would always be like, I just wish I could go out and play with you. If Even if I had my hands, I could Aww. play cards with you. Yeah. And so I don't blame him. He was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can speak ill of him. But that that's what like I would want to like be able to go run and play. Uh, and I don't want children. So, But my nieces get all the action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I like that too because it's like what your dad, like it's the thing you want to give is the thing that your dad verbally expressed to you that he wished he could have given to you. Mm -hmm. And I, and I mm -hmm. love it that the way you talk about your dad. It's very sweet. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zane? What do I wish that I got from my dad that I wish I could give my kid? Yeah. Um, There's a lot of like hype, like hypotheticals in this one because we're all yeah. not having kids yet. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. With my dad, I guess it would be the thing. I guess it would just be making the attempt to reach out. Uh, just making that attempt. I think that's important in all of our relationships. I think it's especially spe uh, important in that one. Uh, just because like oftentimes I feel like I'm reaching out to him and mm -hmm. if I don't make that move then I'm not going to hear from him um, so yeah that one's that one's definitely definitely difficult to to navigate um, yeah yeah this is a you know what I just realized too I don't know if you've ever noticed what? this but on these cards there's like levels which yeah, I just yeah. realized and this level is super fucking super real fucking real <laughs> this is call your dad after and just tell him you yeah. love him yeah okay for me so what what did I not get for my dad that I'd want to give to my my kid. Okay. I think, and I, this, I love my dad too, but you know, and nobody's perfect. I, and I don't have kids and I'm sure I could be very imperfect if I did, but <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Cause you know, I, but I think I would try to focus more on, uh, what you, what you're doing right versus what you're doing wrong. And I think mm. I can understand why parents do that because like, they're just trying to keep you safe and like, but sometimes it can come across like, you know, anyway, yeah, I think just giving more positive phrase, like mm. praise, I think, is something that I wish I would have had. Yeah. But also something that I'm sure my dad would have given if I could have told him that now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, and for same, sure. And same thing with Beatrice. I want to get, I'm not planning on having kids and I don't, but I want to give that to my niece and nephew. Exactly. Yeah. So more positive praise, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's important to, to realize like where there may have been a gap, you know, and even understanding that like there were things that we needed that we didn't know how to communicate, you know, like, yeah. yes, I, I wanted more praise, but I didn't even know that that was the thing I was looking for. I just wanted you to talk to me more. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did um, that social worker thing where I was like, you know, I mean, it's not perfect, but it wasn't his fault. <laughs> 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 I did that thing where I, I contextualized it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see where everyone's blameless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but not, but I do think it's a good skill though because it, it allows you when you when you're able to be like, hey, people aren't just inherently bad; they make mistakes because we're human. Yeah, it, it makes it easier to not feel hurt, and it also makes it easier to understand how we're all yeah. part of the same system. Well, and it it kind of goes back to the homeless thing where mm -hmm. it's just like anybody could be in that situation given exactly. the right circumstances. So exactly. sometimes you do have to uh, get those circumstances uh, to understand them. So I guess the question I was curious: what would be the opposite of that? What is something that uh, maybe your dad gave you oh, that you don't want to give? That's a good one. Do you have Do you have one, Beatrice? <sighs> um, 
I, I can go. You're yeah, not <laughs> I know it's super fucking okay, real. Something that I don't want it. I'm all the exact opposite. Don't yeah. criticize. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think for me, it's like don't put your anxiety. I feel like that's something that I think parents do inherently because they love us and mm-hmm. it's a big responsibility. I feel like I even did it with my dogs. Like honestly, I feel like look, I'm, a, I'm an anxious dog mom. So I think mm. trying not to, uh, or yeah, like. Or something. I, wait, did I mix this up? Something I want that he something that you want to give that I want to give. Yeah. Oh, I think. Sorry, I did mix it up. Uh, <laughs> I would say, or no, sorry, no. It's something that he did that you didn't like that you want to. You did that I didn't like that I'd want to pass on. Oh, okay. No, no that you wouldn't want to. That pass I wouldn't on. want to pass on. We're I, we're almost there. I feel like I did that in the first question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, mine. I guess. Yeah. I confused myself saying <laughs> you're all good. No, you're all good. You're all good. Um, I guess mine would be like, uh, man, I would, he gave me anger and I wish that that's, that's something I definitely don't want to pass on. Um, and I, it's something it's interesting cause I never really knew him that well. I kind of mm-hmm. like met him later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like seeing that part of him and just being like, that's genetic. Cause we have no. had no contact. Yeah. That's definitely uh, something that's, you know, he was kind enough to, eh, there you go. Um, but yeah. I could do without, I could do without. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad was very protective mm. and like very communicative. I definitely learned a lot from him. And I think this had to do with the, uh, the fact that he couldn't physically protect mm. me as a child, but he was very, very clear when I was younger. He's like, don't trust any men. Mm-hmm. Don't like, I'm the only one who probably doesn't want to fuck you. Oh my gosh. And like my whole life I was like, got it. Don't trust men. Like a hundred percent. That makes sense. And like, yeah, Great message, but I definitely feel like it's impacting me to a little extreme where I'm like, hmm, don't trust you. Here are the loops. You have to jump. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, but that makes sense. So what you said about how like he couldn't physically mm-hmm. be there to like yeah. protect you in the ways that he felt like he needed to. So he was like really strong, almost over like, yeah, that's interesting. But you can see that it came from love. Yeah, it definitely came from love. And um, because I like loved him so much, it's like something deep in me mm-hmm. and like probably impacts like my dating life in like sure. so many ways and so like i a lighter version of that yeah would be yeah lovely. <laughs> no and I, I i think that that's first off understanding where the balance is of like it came from a loving place mm-hmm. and then also realizing that like it is a good message but maybe to a lesser extent mm-hmm. might be the thing that that allows it to be healthier i I th- and you know what I thought of when you were saying that? I think mine might be the kind of the exact opposite. Like, I feel like I wish my dad would have given me a little more guidance on, like, how to navigate romantic relationships if I was going to be straight, I guess, you know? Yeah. He didn't know, but I don't think he thought about that, you know? Yeah. But I do think about now, now that I'm an adult, I think back, like, man, I feel like I wish my dad would have been like, you're a gem. You know, like, you just feel like I could have had that. Like, it's so weird how you don't realize that voice from your dad and anybody important in your life. Yeah. But it, it, as a woman, as a straight woman, it is really important, like, in the way that I feel about romantic relationships in the future and... It's weird being a grown up and realizing that your dad, your relationship with your dad connects yeah. to your like, everything else. I mean, it makes sense, but it is weird. Being an yeah. adult is weird. And then having your parents also be adults. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, have, I, I did you have a question? No, no, I was just thinking. No worries. No worries. Um, so I guess the question I was going to ask, who were you closer with? Oh, yeah. Who were you closer with? Growing up? Yes. My papa. Your papa? Yeah, my dad for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you think created that closeness? Um, I mean, I grew up every day knowing that he could probably die tomorrow. Mm. And so every day was definitely treated like it was going to be my last day. And, you know, when I was younger, it was a little bit more difficult to understand that, like, my mom was carrying a lot of weight and like having to deal with a lot of things that I wasn't potentially like fully aware of. Yeah, definitely. She's... she's rough around the edges <laughs> um, and so uh, like my dad was it was very much like 
superhero villain thing. Mm, mm-hmm. um, That's always tricky. Yeah, yeah. And so it's definitely shifted since he's passed away. But well, obviously, because there's not another shift that you can go to, right? But <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, for sure, my dad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can definitely see like just the way that you spoke of him um, previously. It's like that that probably would be the homie. <laughs> Um, what about you? It's closer to the mom, close to the dad. Um, we're linking them in the description. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I was. I don't think I was closer to either. I think I've gone through phases. I think. I mean, I think I butt heads with my dad a little bit more. Okay. But I think he's always really been involved in my life. So I. What yeah. do you think creates the the headbutts? Oh, just that he's like, yeah, probably just that he think he just is a dad. He's like, well, don't 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 do this, don't do that. You might break this. He's always mm-hmm. reminding me of the worst case scenario. I had an ex boyfriend mm-hmm. that said that I, Zoe, you're always you you act like the sky is always falling. And I don't know if you guys remember that. Like, like Chicken the, little. Yeah, exactly. And I hated it, but now looking back, I'm like, I am like that. And I, yeah, I think it comes <laughs> a little bit from having an over like a dad who was kind of like, this could happen, that could happen, until my brain's like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, that's. I think that's definitely interesting with like the the whole overprotective thing because I my mom um okay. that was <laughs> you all good. I was gonna ask you, Zane. The person that I was closer <laughs> with was my mom, and the the connection that I was the parallel I was drawing was just the the overprotectiveness. Uh, my mom deals with anxiety. Mm-hmm. She's dealt with like mental illness, uh, depression, and all of that stuff. And uh, the the thing that I wish she hadn't given me was a lot of her anxieties, yeah. where it's like. She's like, hey, uh, I just I feel really uncomfortable standing in line. You know, there's like people waiting on me. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like standing in line. I'm like, I'm holding everything up. You know, and it's like you don't yeah. realize the way that like you kind of pick up those oh, things. Yeah. 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 I love mom. I love you. I yeah. swear. <laughs> Same dad. You just like you set us up for failures. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, it's rock, paper, scissors. Who wins? Um, no. I, who's getting yelled at first? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, but I think like like I was saying earlier, I think when you become an adult, like when I was thinking when I said that to you, Beatrice, like obviously you your dad passed away before you were an adult. But I would imagine like thinking about we've talked about your relationship with your dad before, mm-hmm. uh, like outside of this conversation, just thinking about who who he is or who you were to him now that you're an adult, even though he's not here, you can still kind of have that perspective. It mm-hmm. sounds like mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're you've thought about like how it's impacted you, you know? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, like, uh, parents are like a, a thing that you really only understand as an adult, yeah. you know, because like mm-hmm. as a kid, it's just like you told me not to go do the thing. You don't think they taught me to told me to go not do the thing because they wanted to keep me safe or because they cared. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what are some, I guess, things that you've come to understand better after becoming an adult uh, about your parents? About my parents? Which one? Pick one. Uh, mom. Mom. Yeah. My mom. Yeah. Um. Just her emotional reactions. Um. She found out a little bit later that she was like bipolar, mm-hmm. like diabetic, and um. She's like struggles like a bunch of things, and yeah. um. Even like with her her meds, like it's it's a lot better. It's significantly better. Sure. But I think that like a lot of it came about because of all the trauma that was happening. Than all the things that she was having to carry. And yeah. I think her personality was the best. Like it would yeah. it, like it had her like survive. She raised like really strong women. Yeah. Um, and she talks about that all the time. She's like, my girls came out so good, like we're so headstrong. Yes. And I think that a part of that was like my dad influencing influencing us on like don't like depend on anybody my grandparents were very much like that like don't yeah. depend on anyone yeah and so um i understand the harshness mm. that i was experiencing as like a kid and a teenager yeah. 
as just like really preparing for life and like it reminds me of like some people talking about like yo life ain't hard a lot life is hard out there and mm-hmm. like if you're not going to learn from the people who love you like you're going to learn it the hard way without yeah. love. wow yeah wow. that's a good point it's a really good point yeah. that's a really good point um i liked how you said that she she says now how proud she is of how strong you guys are because that's kind of like a like a different perspective than maybe like the way you felt when you were younger when, like it's like you're both able to look back oh yeah and have it maybe do you feel like you guys have a better relationship now than oh you yeah we're then? great we're great we're like honestly i'm like her mini me i look exactly like her i have the same temper as her <laughs> like every we're like literally like each other yeah and so i that is why i think that it's easier for me to understand because like it's it's been a hard life I'm, like it like i might look nice and have like makeup on but it's been a hard life <laughs> and um the, the things that you go through like make you a little rougher and like that's why you can you can just tell when somebody's gone through life yeah and so life Life has gone through them (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so yeah we're really close and so like usually when we're hanging out it's like resting because we have so much all the time that's really cool what about you zoe what's uh what's something you've you've realized more have a better understanding of now that you're an adult i think i mean i think like all most aspects of my relationships with my parents but Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's mostly like you go through that phase where you start to heal and then you get mad because you're like why did they do that and then you get to that phase of like where you're a little more healed and then you start to be able to unpack like how we're doing right now yeah i think think that's the thing so not necessarily one specific thing but just uh like letting go of some of the anger and and feeling more like i'm just like we're humans like we're two humans you're not necessarily supposed to be perfect because you're a parent yeah so i think yeah just sort of well i i I like that it's it's almost like healing enough to know that you were hurt and then healing enough to know that they were also hurting too yeah yeah and that your parents love you and nobody's nobody's inherently trying to hurt anybody usually for the most part right right yeah that's the hope that's the hope yeah yeah Yeah. well i think yeah yeah, just having that amount of compassion for your parents is is super dope yeah totally all right well cool we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break we are here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio as well as pretty dope experience radio we captured the taste and sound only here on open country Sundays, noon to one, with your host, Auntie Vandal. Folk music with Auntie Vandal. We captured the taste and sound on this open country. Noon to one, Sundays, with your host, Auntie Vandal. Here on Shady Pines Radio. We are back with the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Joel Pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hi. And Beatrice Yenez. Hi. All right. So we're going to wrap it up with what are you excited for? One of my favorite parts. Um, Zoe. Oh, God. I was already having a hard is time. Is hoping I don't pick her first. <laughs> Beatrice. Yeah. What are you excited for? Yeah, I'm terribly excited to get out of the city okay um i'm moving to beaverton and i'm so excited i live i just wasn't aware that i was gonna live in a place where my car would get hit every quarter Mm. um Mm. and you know i'm at peace with understanding that (laughs) cars are not safe in portland (laughs) that's a very important distinction to make (laughs) i'm tired of paying for parking when i need to go see the doctor i'm just i'm I'm a burb take my old yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> when are you moving? Soon? In a couple weeks. Yeah. Nice. I'm so excited. Yeah. My my dog is going to have a dog park. What? Oh, okay. So you have a dog? I got a little Frenchie. His name is Puppy Chulo. <laughs> Puppy Chulo. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? <laughs> That's adorable. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and admit in ignorance. What's Chulo? Oh, like handsome. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, that's even sweeter. Poppy like Chulo, have you heard that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's... yeah. It's a pun almost. Oh, I appreciate this so much more now. That's <laughs> no, that's funny. super dope. So you're you're excited to to move to Beaverton. Um, what's what do you think is the first thing you're gonna do once you get into a new house? New house, new apartment, new mansion, <laughs> new car. I didn't say it could if be. Somebody anything. wants to give me a Condo. mansion. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's a it's an apartment, but it's like. It feels like more because it's like a garage on the first floor and then the apartments on the second floor. Yeah. Um, I think just being able to like fully reset yes. like my place so that the I, energy. She means walk around naked by that. <laughs> yeah. I want like Thank my you for windows. Translating. Like my windows are like fully towards like it's the city. Like somebody's gonna get a nip slip. Well, like. and you don't have you were going from having roommates to not having roommates, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Congrats on that. That's exciting. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I will have a roommate, but I have like oh, you are. my okay. own room, my own bathroom, and um my own closet. Never again will I ever share a bathroom with anyone. Like if I were to ever get married, like you're getting your own room, your own bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever get married, they're getting their own house. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I love you so much I want you over there. <laughs> you don't need this 24 seven. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I You'll enjoy like, it more actually. <laughs> I think living in the same building with like in like in separate <gasps> apartments would be like the ideal yeah. relationship with That is perfect. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you're moving to this new place. You're moving to Beaverton. Uh, what were you excited about as far as like things to do in Beaverton? The pool. I have like a pool in the hot tub. Oh, that what? I'm coming over, girl. Yeah, two yeah. Those hot alone. tubs. What? Well, listen. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is definitely it's what I'm excited each. about. It's an arm in each. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think just, I also live like kind of close to a mall. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, they have the best. <laughs> 85 Degrees is my favorite like Vietnamese like coffee bakery. Yeah, okay. They had them in California when I lived over there. 10 out of 10 recommend. Please just don't like get famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't ruin it for the people who you knew know, about it first. The lines are already crazy. Yeah. Okay. Like, they okay. like go outside of the store. They like loop and out the store because they're that. so bomb. Yeah, yeah. No. That, Bom. so. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> that you're uh, you're gonna have that change of scenery, change of pace, and uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely something to look forward to. Zoe Schwartz, you've had some time. Go. Okay. Well, okay. I felt like this is like a deep thing to be, and it's not. I would say that I'm not excited, but I'm excited for a phase of my like I, I this is deep I didn't know I was going to talk about it I had to put my senior dog down this week mm. he was almost 16 I love him very much I'm not going to cry about it and I'm not excited that he's gone but I'm excited that that chapter of our life is over because it was really challenging caring for him when he was getting old and I'm like a little sad about it but I think it's yeah. important to uh recognize it as like a a something to be excited about because yes. he's not in pain anymore I don't have to feel trapped and guilty that I'm feeling trapped by taking care of him. And yeah. uh, like he's free and his spirit is out there. And I feel like, and yeah. for me, I think it's a, it's a, it's a transition. Cause when I graduated from school in June, um, he was like basically kind of needing a ton of care at that point. Yeah. So pretty much since I graduated from grad school, I've been caring for my really sick old dog. And um, yeah, so I think I'm excited that he's not in pain anymore and that I was able to let go and make that transition. And I'm excited for like, 
just the freedom for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for you sharing that. Yeah, um, I didn't know I was going to, and I was like, just don't cry too much Zoe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. reframe it. I, we're talking about reframing a lot too. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to reframe it as something positive. So I'm trying to think of it as freedom for both of us. Yeah. yeah. I, and I really, really appreciate that. Cause, um, since like, you know, we've, we've started working together. I know that you've been dealing with, with the, the yeah. loss of a pet and like, that's, that's super hard. It's like we were talking about earlier where it's mm. just like, this is, this is the thing that has come with you through all of those hard things yep. that you didn't think that you could make it through. Um, yeah. but the, the next night you, you went and you did some stand up comedy with I me did. and Amanda killed it. Um, and just you. seeing you, you be able to show up um, for, you know, for your other people and at the same time yourself, even when you're struggling, like I want you to know as somebody uh, who who also <laughs> struggles to do that. I appreciate that you yeah. that you did that for us. Well, I feel the same way about you, Zane, because I've been like bumbly about starting everything. And Zane, we're, like we're human. Like we said, we all struggle. And me yeah. and Zane, I think we've both done a good job of being supportive to one another when we're yeah. struggling. So I think and going through lots of things. What are you excited for? What am I excited for? (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm excited for maybe. Okay, this is a weird one to say that I'm excited for because I don't know if I'm exactly excited (laughs) for it. Going to do that, yeah. But I'm trying to reframe it. Yeah, don't reframe. Uh, I'm excited to try and get back on meds. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I've really had a a hard time with. Um, if you listen to the smoke break before, there was a period where I was taking medication and things were good. Uh, they were only bad when I didn't have it, which I always forgot because I'm, you know, you know, (laughs) because that's how it works. That's how it works. Um, so, but the, the hardest part was really just being so fucking tired, you know, and being somebody who's doing a million things, it's, it's sacrificing my energy for my mood and that it's, that's, that's kind of a hard sacrifice to make, um, and justify a lot of times, but the way that my life has kind of just been in chaos, I guess recently is, we are the question I always like to to say is like you know what do you want to suffer for you know mm-hmm. you're going to suffer regardless what do you want to suffer for I'm going to suffer without meds I'm going to suffer with them but I have to make a decision yeah which... yeah it's a compromise right yeah 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 thanks for sharing that I feel like I've I I've been playing with medications this whole year for the first time in my life mm, okay and. Meaning like trying. Yeah. <laughs> She's like building tiny playing. castles. <laughs> yeah. That's 100%. <laughs> I call it playing though because it's like the game of which antidepressant is less shitty. Yeah. And, yeah. What's going to make me less depressed? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know. Like, the, I, and that's the thing. Like, if you have a job, it's really difficult mm-hmm. to like navigate, like, oh, this one makes me moody. This one makes me sleep 16 hours a day. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you definitely. don't get a week every time you switch. Meds. But it's been a hundred percent better. Like, I feel like my quality of life really? is yeah. like so much that's better. That's awesome. So I just, it, good luck on your journey. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. Finding the right one. I th- and, and, and like you said, Zane, it sucks because sometimes for certain, like certain medications, the, the one you need isn't always going to, like, you're never going to find, there is always going to be a side effect, right? And yeah. Exactly. Hard, but, exactly. But I'm proud of you for even just thinking about it and, yeah. like, and knowing that maybe that, like there is a shift in the compromises you've been making and yeah. maybe in a different direction. Well, I think originally it was just that, you know, I was so overwhelmed by taking them that I thought that maybe I would be less made. I would be less overwhelmed by not taking them. Oh, yeah. um, and for a period, it was because, especially because I'd lost my insurance, for a period, it, I think that it worked. And I think that to a certain extent, I proved to myself that, like, I have grown, you yeah. know? Like, a lot of the things that that used to trigger me and the reactions that I would have are no longer triggers or reactions I have. So in that aspect, I am very grateful. But at the same time, it's like... 
there was a reason I was taking these in the first place, yeah, you know, yeah. and and just being allowed to say like, hey, you tried. Um, it's hard. And even my boss, honestly, that I was talking with because, um, you know, she's been watching me struggle this entire time was just like, hey, like harm reduction. What <laughs> would be less harm with yeah. taking me? I know you don't want to take meds, but would it make it less than this? And really just even framing uh, it as less than this yeah. made yeah. it so much easier because it was like. I'm thinking about all the things I have to take it and then I have to make sure that I, and I'm just like, but would it make it less than this? Like, this is bad, but yeah. could it be less? Yeah. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah. Harm reduction. I, I, I like that term and I like just thinking about life in the terms of harm reduction because it's really all we can do. Really? Honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the suffering thing where it's like, you're going to suffer regardless. How yeah. can I suffer less? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, I, <laughs> Suffer reduction. Yeah. Suffer reduction. <laughs> well, yeah, but thanks for sharing that, Zane, because I think, like we said, everybody struggles with mental health, even if whatever, they're not diagnosed. And medication is something like sometimes mm. you will need medication for a year because you're having a hard year and yeah. then sometimes you might not. And then certain Ill mental illnesses you do need it long term, yeah, but it's a yeah. journey. You got to figure that out on your own. Like yeah. nobody, it's like when someone tells us what we have to do, mm-hmm. we're not going to yeah. do it. We have to go and like make the mistake or stumble yeah. and then be like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. So, know that that's normal too. I yeah. Well, I mean like when I first got diagnosed as bipolar, they're just like, you're going to have to be medicated for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. you know, I was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and, uh, no, it's just like <laughs> the joke. Oh my gosh. It's like waiting for the like support me. That I'm was so, funny. It was thoughtful and a pun. And so I just yeah, missed yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. was like, that's story of my life. Uh <laughs> I just like the choice, right? It's like, excuse me. <laughs> like you could have just told me that it would be very helpful <laughs> for my life to take it. But now that you're forcing me to take it the rest yeah. of my life, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Like you know how reverse psychology works. Like, even yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Honestly, that probably would have worked better. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't take it and make it too cool. Be like, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> challenge accepted. Uh, yeah, challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, we got we have about four minutes yeah. just to wrap up. Um what, I'm just kind of curious. What's everybody's experience with like medication? Is it something that you've taken, something that you've been resistant to taking? Um, well, I didn't know. Like, I thought like not experiencing happiness and joy was normal <laughs> for people, you know. Been like that the whole time for me. So yeah. uh, right? <laughs> I figured it was it. And I never like wanted, like, I never had like thoughts of suicide or anything mm-hmm. like that. But apparently the numbness, hot take. If you're numb and don't experience joy, you may have <laughs> depression. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I'll believe I remember looking at my, I'm a social worker. Like I've yeah, been yeah. in the field so long. And I remember looking at my therapist and I was like, mate, I mean, I'll believe you. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> and I remember like my first medicine that I took was like Prozac or something. Mm. And I was like, this is what people feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And like, that was the one that like made me sleep like 16 hours. Yes. And I was like, I can't do this. And and then it was a game. It Like, that's what I call it, a game. Because yeah. it took 11 months for me to find the right one. Because yeah. like, it was like, okay, you can't orgasm. And like, I'm very mm. sex positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl. Yeah. I, yeah that is like yeah. the one coping skill. Yeah, for real. I was real. never enjoying sex. Going to help depression. Yeah, yeah. I was depressed before I couldn't come. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is not helping. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real thing. Though. I don't like, know what makes you sad, up. but this is no. But that's a big, that's a real them. thing that people, especially with antidepressants, yeah. I think that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, yeah. it was like te- like ten of them did not allow me to orgasm, mm-hmm. and I mean like I tried. Like, mm-hmm. I never six. Like I remember my vibrator died after hours, and then I remember. Then like, I called my doctor. I was like, real, "This is yeah, actually changed." Listen, I'm gonna need a new vibrator and some new medication. <laughs> 
<laughs> my doctor was like, yeah, that's not cool. You're, you need to come. And I was like, beautiful. Let's doctor. try another one. Into the office and doctor. get your medication. Um, doctor, like yeah. talking to my doctor, but like, still can't come. <laughs> You're just gauging your medication, whether it's working just on that one factor. <laughs> hey, I'm yeah, sex positive. Makes, <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, I can do that later. But the first thing, uh, that's super goofy. So what about you real quick before we wrap yeah, it up? I, same thing. I feel like I, it take, it, I was resistant for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but the, I was gonna say the thing a therapist said to me one time when you said you had that I don't know if it, yeah is it worse than what it could be or I'm, yeah. what you said I'm that bad at repeating things but my therapist said to me I hear you Zoe because I was like I don't want to do it I don't do it. and then she's like well what if it was like life changing you know like what if you took those and it was just like every she's like wouldn't you look back and regret not trying it sooner like also you can try it and if it's not that you can just stop taking them mm. and I was like oh okay you know what I don't think I want to be like yeah so I it was kind of like can't hurt to try if you never try you never know that was kind yeah. of what made me end up doing it but yeah it, it's been a journey and i think it's still a journey i'm still working on it so yeah, no. that helps no it, it absolutely <laughs> does absolutely does i appreciate y'all sharing your experiences uh, this has been the smoke break we are here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio as well as pretty dope experience radio i've been your host your old pal zane here with zoe schwartz bye and beatrice yanez <laughs> bye y'all. play to play us thanks so much bye